Hey there, and welcome back to the Silver and Black Pride cast, episode four. We're going to preview the Browns game as they come to Oakland for week four. I am here as always. I am Levi Damien, of course, and I'm here as always with Tyler Smith, also known as Raider Damas. And uh, so let's get right into it. Tyler, how about you start things off with a few points uh, about the about the Browns this week? Well, the Browns are a real interesting team. Uh, they started the season, obviously, with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback after making a bajillion changes to their team in the offseason, really improving it pretty noticeably. Uh, but Tyrod Taylor just wasn't getting the job done. And he suffered a concussion in the game last Thursday night against the Jets and they put in Baker Mayfield. The Browns came back and won, and the rest is history. So the Browns are riding high coming in into Oakland, um, and it'll be, a, it'll be a really good test for the Raiders this week, I think, on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd say that there's – it's an understatement to say that Cleveland's riding on a wave of Baker mania right about now. He's, uh, he's the man in Cleveland, gave them their first win in since in two years – and their second win in three years. So that's a, he is the man in Cleveland. And I think there was a lot of people around the country, actually, who were rooting to see the Browns finally break, break that streak and get off the schneid. And, it, you know, of course, it begins and ends with, with Baker Mayfield. As we know, he is the gunslinger extraordinaire, um, first overall pick and uh, offers a whole new dynamic. He's been named the start, starter. I think he'll get his first start in Oakland. So uh, what about, uh, what has he got for weapons in the offense? Well, first and foremost, he's got Jarvis Landry, who was acquired in a trade from the Dolphins in the offseason. And Landry's not the fastest guy in the world, but he is a supreme route runner. And that will pose a big challenge for the Raiders cornerbacks and also their safeties. Uh, and on the other side of the field, they've got Antonio Callaway, who was a fourth round draft pick this year, uh, coming out of the University of Florida. And what Callaway brings is a lot of speed. He takes the tops off of defenses, and he wasn't really able to show his stuff with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback because Taylor just doesn't quite have the arm to consistently get it to him. And the Jets knew that on Thursday night, and they played him tough, and Callaway wasn't really able to, to break out until Mayfield got in the game. Uh, but I think Mayfield will try to go to Callaway early and often against the Raiders, and their safeties are going to have to play deep, and they're going to have to stick with Callaway because he has the ability to get behind anybody. Uh, at tight end, they've got David Njoku, who I am a really big fan of. Uh, Njoku is fast, he's big, he's strong, and he's going to be a challenge for the Raiders linebackers in coverage for sure. Yeah, I really, I really liked what I saw from um, Antonio Callaway in the draft process. He was one of those guys at the uh, at the. You watch this. I watch the scouting combine, and if you watch like certain things with the like the gauntlet drill and whatnot, and he shined in those drills. And you're wondering, you're like. Uh, why is it? I mean, if, if you don't really know what's going on with him, you're wondering how in the world he he's not considered a higher prospect because he's clearly extremely talented. But he's got he had a lot of off field issues that dropped him down to the fourth round. But those issues aside, from a pure talent standpoint, he he would is a steal in the fourth round. And he's going to I think you're right. I think he could be a real problem for the Raiders on. Uh, on Sunday. And of course, Jarvis Landry, um, 
we know what kind of talent he can be. He was kind of he's one of those guys that a lot of people are calling on the Raiders to make a make a run at this offseason, but I think he was a little too rich for their blood. Okay, so what about uh what about the backfield behind uh Baker Mayfield? What do you see there? Well, the the Browns have a three-headed running attack. Um they've got Duke Johnson um from the University of Miami who they drafted several years ago. Uh he is being used as sort of their third third down pass catching back. He's really good at that. He's also pretty good at running between the tackles, but the Browns right now have two backs who are slightly better better at running through the tackles uh than than Duke Johnson is. They have um Carlos Hyde who they got as a free agent from the 49ers and he's been running really hard. Uh, on Thursday night, he actually had to leave uh, right after the Jets game because his wife was having a baby, but he scored two touchdowns in that game, and they were not easy touchdowns. They were grinded out on the ground touchdowns. He really earned both of those, and Carlos Carlos Hyde is a threat. The Raiders' defensive tackles and defensive ends are seriously going to have to deal with. Um, they also drafted a rookie out of the University of Georgia named Nick Chubb in the second round, and I was real high on him coming out of college at the draft. He was really impressive for several years, shared the backfield back there with Sony Michelle at the University of Georgia, and Michelle was the first-round draft pick of the Patriots. Uh, Nick Chubb has shown a lot um, so far this season, especially in the last game. He was, he was pretty effective when they gave him the ball. Uh, the thing about the Browns running game is with Tyrod Taylor at the helm, they really weren't a- able to unleash it because the defense could stack the box against Taylor because they knew he couldn't pass over the top very well. So they could bring one or two extra defenders down and the Browns could not run effectively. Uh, but once Mayfield got into the game, that completely changed. The Browns were able to run it whenever they wanted, and they were able to run fairly effectively. Uh, so we will see if that it remains the same against the Raiders. They've had a pretty good run defense so far, have the Raiders, um, but they're going to have a real challenge against the Browns. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think as far as the run defense for the Raiders, it's it's just like most things. It's the first half versus the second half, and uh, overall, though they're they're ranked twenty second in in rushing in the league. So that second half has certainly been. A lot more uh, detrimental than than the first half has been good for them. And if you look at the if you look at the Browns' offensive line, I think I think they got a pretty good thing going there. I mean, they drafted Betonio in uh, in 2014, just before the Raiders got uh, Gabe Jackson in third. But they both kind of came out on the good end of that one. But uh, but the real surprise here is Desmond Harrison making three stars as an undrafted rookie in place of Joe Thomas, the future Hall of Famer who leaves. You think Joe Thomas is gone. Oh, no, they're, they have a problem at left tackle, and this undrafted rookie comes in and just holds down the job. And, and I think he's a strong key to um, this offensive line working as well as it's been working so far. Well, the thing about the Browns having three really good running backs is in the second half, they're going to have somebody who's fresh. They're going to have somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of wear on the tires, and if the Raiders' second-half woes rear their ugly head again, the Browns might be able to take advantage of it with somebody who hasn't taken a lot of snaps that game. One of those three guys is going to be good to go in the second half, and if the Browns lean on him, it might spell some trouble for the Raiders' defensive line, I think. Yeah, there there isn't a lot uh, going on as far as the Raiders' defensive line is concerned, so uh, so they, they don't really need a, an, an all, a group of all-stars to keep them at bay for the most part, but the Browns do have a pretty good group anyway. And as you mentioned, the, when you have the, those ro- running backs and you just rotate in, that, that uh, again, it's going to be another late game thing where the, where the Browns are fresh and, and the Raiders' defensive line is probably uh, sucking wind because they're still lacking a lot of depth. I mean, Clinton McDonald's looked pretty good coming in on short notice after week one, but uh, um, other than that, there's 
hasn't been a lot of bright spots along that defensive line. So as far as uh, why don't we switch over to the, the Browns defensive defensive players? I mean, it begins up front. Of course, you have the great Miles Garrett, uh, and uh, it begins and ends with him along that defensive line. What well, it seen? really does begin and end with him. He's their defensive star. He's their stalwart, and, and you know he's only played one and a half seasons. I mean, he only has 14 official games under his belt, but in that time he's recorded 11 sacks. That's, that's a ridiculous ratio. I mean, most guys will never approach wow. that. That's, that's Bruce Smith numbers right there. So we're going to see that, that Donald Penn and Colton Miller are going to have a serious challenge on their hands dealing with him and also Emmanuel Ogba on the other side. The Browns have one of the better pairs of defensive ends in the NFL right now. That's just what the Raiders need. Another stellar pair of defensive ends. Um, on the season, they, this is the third week in a row where they've had to face a team that had two outstanding um, pass rushers on each side of the ball. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at a lot of really strong positions, uh, long strong players in this uh, Cleveland defense. Is a reason why there's a reason why they're why they have such a good defense. The Greg Greg Williams defenses are known for being aggressive very aggressive, sometimes violently aggressive, and sometimes breaking the rules aggressive. Uh, they're also being very aggressive this season in particular. Um, the Browns defense is blitzing 41% of the time. That's that's kind of a lot. Uh, and But when they're doing so, they're not having the kind of success that you might expect. They're actually, when they blitz, they're allowing a completion percentage to the opposing quarterback of 67%. So if the Browns blitz you and you pass, there's a decent chance, about a two-thirds chance, that you're going to have some success with that. And when they don't blitz, when they drop back into coverage, they're only allowing 58% completion percentage, which is the second lowest in the league in that situation. So the Browns might do better to be less aggressive than they are and just drop back into coverage more often. And they have the personnel to do that. I got to think that maybe the reason why that um, – the reason why that that's the way it is, the reason why they do better when they don't blitz is simply because they're – secondary is so good at coverage and turning the ball over. They lead the league in takeaways at 11. That by far leads the league. And they, and they also in turn lead the league in, um, in, uh, in differential in turnover differential at nine, which again, by far leads the league that they have nine, they have a plus nine and the next is Carolina and Miami at a plus four. Um, if you're, in case you're wondering, the Raiders are all the way at the bottom at negative four. But uh, but you look at that and you think you think to yourself, well, maybe their best course of action is not to blitz. Maybe their best course of action is just to just to send their pass rushers and let their corners do what they do, and cover the receivers as opposed to running at the quarterback. And I, I got to think that with with Baker Mayfield in there, you might have a couple more turnovers. They've only had two interceptions on the season, and that's because Tyra Taylor is so conservative and. Uh, with the ball and of course Baker Mayfield's going to be you know trying to push it down the field and probably a couple turnovers will come with that who choose to say it'll happen with the Raiders but even still I mean you're dealing with that uh, with a lot of a lot of takeaways um with that uh, with those second with that secondary and it's, I think they're going to give uh Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson all they can handle uh and I think you know one thing we haven't really talked about is how this team how this team was built this team and it's really crazy it's really crazy to think about it that the Browns were actually built through their drafts. It's just you don't you don't expect that. The Browns are typically they 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 just they bomb the draft and and they just they end up 
their busts, so they end not working out, they end up trading them away or they cut them or whatever the case may be, but they have a lot of homegrown talent there. And, and, uh, and a lot of that has come in the last two drafts. Yeah, it sure has. The last four, the last four first round draft picks that they've had, uh, were Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward this year, the first and fourth picks overall. And then in 2017, the first overall pick was Miles Garrett, the defensive end who we've already touched on. And they also took Jabril Peppers. Uh, the safety out of the University of Michigan. Uh, and he struggled a little bit last year because they had him at free safety, but they've moved him into the strong safety position this season and had it more in the box. He's playing down more toward the line of scrimmage, and he's pretty comfortable doing that. And he looks a lot better this year than he did last year uh, under Greg Williams and the new coaching staff, you know, and just the new direction of the team. And I think he's he's really starting to show why he was a first-round pick to begin with. But three of those four guys are, are defensive players. Uh, and that's been the yeah, – that's the, and you're missing you're missing one you're uh, even missing one am i well why don't you enlighten me then yes a guy that a guy that you really oh, like david right. Njoku. he was a, a first, first round pick out of miami i forgot him but he's he's starting to make an impact this year uh yeah. and he he's going to be a real challenge for the raiders linebackers to cover because he is quite the load yeah so you, you talk about like in just the first and second round alone you have you mentioned uh you have a, you have a lot of great guys on defense that are making basically making up the foundation of that defense, and then of course you have your your quarterback now. From the looks of it, over you know, what a little over a half of play, he seems like he could be the real deal. And then you add in a few other guys like you know like Njoku. We mentioned him and uh, Jabril Jabril Peppers. I, you mentioned him and and uh, Denzel Ward, and and then you have uh, you have some some guys that went in some lower rounds as well, like. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, the defensive tackle in the third round, Joe Schobert in the fourth round. And these are all, you know, in recent years. And it would make sense if you said, well, maybe, uh, maybe it's the new, uh, the new GM, you know, bring in Joe Dorsey and, uh, and what he's done for the team. But this didn't all just happen this year. I mean, it, you can go back, you go back to last year. Um, and even, uh, even before that, and to see, to see some of these guys that came to the team and, and they suddenly, you go from a team that won one game in two years to a team that um, suddenly looks pretty. Formidable. Yeah, there's one. There's one more thing I wanted to to go yeah. back to what you said about um, about all the turnovers and the turnover differential. In the first game against the Steelers, the Browns forced six turnovers, which is an insane number. But Tyrod Taylor did not win that game. Now you can't tell me that Baker Mayfield would not turn six turnovers into a boatload of points. So my, my point here is that the Raiders need to take care of the football and they need to put an emphasis on taking care of the football because you cannot give Baker Mayfield a short field. So, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the players that, you know, we talk about the pass rush that the, that the Browns have to, are, are going to present and what, what the Raiders have to stop it. And Pro Football Focus put out their thing today where they said that the, they ranked the Raiders as the 26th uh, ranked offensive line and the and the worst of them was has been donald penn as the worst pass blocking tackle uh in their view uh, their grading in the nfl and it's something that kind of feared coming in that uh when you take penn who's been a left tackle his entire career and put him at right tackle it's uh you're asking for trouble and he hasn't looked comfortable as much as they'd like to say he 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 does and it's just uh Yeah, it's going to be a problem. problem. The the good thing the Raiders do have is uh, Lee Smith. He is a a pretty decent blocking tight end, and he's going to need to chip Miles Garrett, uh, particularly if Garrett lines up uh, over Donald Penn. I I think Colton Miller might actually have better success than Donald Penn would against Miles Garrett. 
uh, just for health and youth reasons. Um, but I think Lee Smith is going to be a, a huge part of the Raiders game plan going forward. Uh, I just, the Raiders tackles at this point need all the help they can get. Uh, you know, Colton Miller is a rookie. He's going to, he's going to have growing pains. He's, he's going to improve, but, but right now, uh, they just need extra protection on the line for sure. And, and Penn is, Penn is what he is at this point. Uh, you know, I'm not sure he's going to improve a whole lot at right tackle. I mean, he might get more comfortable with it, but you know, you can only go against muscle memory so much. And the Browns are going to be able to take advantage of that with their edge rushing, which is one of the best in the league. Well, I think the strength that the Raiders are going to have is probably rushing up the middle. And I think they're going to be able to pass over the middle as well. Uh, I don't see them having a whole lot of success on the edge against the Browns corners. Terrence Mitchell is a real good corner. Uh, and Denzel Ward has also proven to be a real good corner on the other side. You know, people gave the Browns heck for, for taking him fourth overall, but he's proved to be uh, a pretty decent pick at that point. Uh, I think the Raiders are going to have to do pretty much the, the same thing that they would have done against the Rams uh, and just throw to Jared Cook over and over again, slants over the middle. Uh, if Darius Randall is out, that would be huge uh, because because Peppers plays closer to the line, so the deep safety would be Randall. And if you can pick on his replacement or if he's hobbled, then you can go deep with Martavis Bryant or Amari Cooper. Uh, there, there's any number of things you can do if Randall is out, um, but they're definitely going to have to attack the middle of the field. Well, it's interesting to me is that we what we've seen what we've seen for the Raiders over the first three games is this idea that each each game somebody has somebody else has had a big game. So, and of course, Jared Cook in the opener, Amari Cooper in the second game, and and Jordy Nelson this week. And then you start wondering, hmm, who are they going to? Is it, It's going to be somebody else. So who's going to be the the breakout player in this week? And my, I, I keep thinking, I mean, I can't, you can't help but think, who's the next in line? If, you, if you're looking at receivers, the next in line is, is Martavis Bryant. And, I mean, I don't see any, a, any like a matchup they can exploit there. But uh, I want you to. We didn't see them in the other games either. I mean, I, who do you think's gonna? Do you think that Martavis is? Due yeah, I really do. I mean, he's shown that game? he can handle the short slant passes. Um, but I think it's time for him to just do what he does best: do go routes and post routes. I think it's time for him to break out and go deep a couple of times. I think he needs to get targeted two, three, four, five times on deep passes on first and second down. Um, and I think that needs to come off play action because the Raiders are going to want to run and the Raiders might have some success running up the middle uh, with their with their interior offensive line, which honestly is the strength of the team right now. Um, but I think you're going to have to take the Browns uh, off guard and you're going to have to play. You're going to have to play safe. I mean, as far as taking care of the ball, don't take a whole lot of unnecessary risks. Take it if it's there. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take a whole lot of risks with the with the. Uh, Brown secondary, they're just too good for that, and they will make you pay. Um, but I think Bryant absolutely has to be the focal point of the offense this week. I think he's the one with the speed um, to uh, to overcome what the Browns are going to offer. I think the problem, I mean that, and it sounds it sounds nice, and then you know, like through the first few games, you wonder, or the well, he's only been back for one game. You wonder why they've not been using him for to his strengths. But I think the problem that you run into with the, with the Browns is what their strengths are kind of work against the idea that, um, that Martavis could actually get deep and that Derek Carr could have the time to wait and for him to, for him to get there because their strengths obviously are their secondary and their pass rush. So if you're, if you're dealing with the secondary and the pass rush, that doesn't—that's not really conducive to a lot of deep passing. You're—you you had mentioned Derek, Jared Cook and their strength, um, 
maybe that maybe their best bet would be to make those uh, quicker passes to the tight end and uh, and keep them honest over the middle and maybe dump a lot off to uh, to Jalen Richard and whatnot. Uh, but I, I, I mean, in terms of like just the fact that he's that he's the next in line for the for the guy to break out, it's it just seems like it just seems like it has to happen. And it would be interesting to see if that if that does come to come to pass, just based on the pattern that's being formed. But uh, it's hard to imagine how that would happen when you when you're they're sending the kind of pass rush. Um, at the Raiders the way they are and the, with the kind of lockdown corners and safeties that they have on that team. Yeah, so that we'll just see seems like the logical progression of where out. it would be going next. Um, but they they definitely need a combination of deep passes and short, more precise throws to the to Jalen Richard or Lynch coming out of the backfield and especially to Jared Cook. Jared Cook is going to be pretty difficult for the Browns to cover with their linebackers this week. I mean, I don't see that. I don't see them having anybody who can really match up with him um, the way that the, the Dolphins could. Uh, and the Dolphins didn't even have that much success. And frankly, neither did the Broncos either. Um, but I think Jerry Cook is going to be a big weapon. And I think Bryant's going to have to get involved in the game and step up in a big way for the Raiders to have success. Yeah, yeah, it has to happen at some point. So uh, no time like the present because they're 0-3. And as uh, much as they couldn't afford to drop to 0-3, they sure as heck can't afford to drop to 0-4. Um, and the Browns look tough but we have to remember they are still they've still only won one game this season they're one one and one so uh and the raiders are actually favored by by not a lot but they're favored and they've shown signs here and there certainly in the first half of each game that they can be they can put some offense on the field and uh and their defense can can do a little bit here and there as well so uh we'll see uh, we'll see what baker mayfield brings to the table i think uh one of the things working against them is just how i i think we touched on this just how little um tape they're able to put together on him he hasn't uh he's he's only played a uh a little over a half in the season um uh, maybe you know, look at maybe what he did in preseason but it's hard to look at preseason too much because you don't really know what their uh, game plan is and even the game that he came in um last week he comes in the game and he's he's running an offense that they put together for Tyrod Taylor. So how much you can glean from that? I mean, it, it, it's it's limited. Yeah, maybe go back to maybe go back to college. To yeah, I think this week is the to, the week that we're going to find it. out if Hugh Jackson is an actual NFL head coach or not, uh, because we've seen Hugh Jackson coach the, the Cleveland Browns for quite some time, um, but he has not ever had a good team. I think this week he actually has a decent team. And he has Baker Mayfield, a quarterback. And if Hugh Jackson is an NFL caliber head coach, then he'll win this game. You mentioned you bring up Hugh Jackson. He's the one um, part of this equation that we haven't really haven't really mentioned yet. You know, former Raiders coach coming back to Oakland, the team that that gave him the job and then pulled the rug out from underneath him um, after one season where he uh, got within an eyelash of making the uh, the playoffs and. Uh, I mean, I don't believe there's there's too much of a grudge there. Personally, um, Don Gruden said he thinks it's water under the bridge as well, just because of how much time has passed. And, you know, Hugh Jackson went on to work his way back up the ladder, and he's now he's with an organization that actually is giving him a long leash, like the longest leash I think I've ever seen. Um, but 
I think there's going to be some motivation there. I mean, obviously, just based on all the things we know, you know, regardless of anything else, but former coach fired by the organization with another team comes back to play in Oakland against his former team, and and he's going to want to win naturally. Then he's going to want to want to want he's going to want to win a little bit more um, against the uh, the team that they gave up on in the same way that a player uh, when they and they get given up on or they get passed over in the draft wants to wants to show the teams that gave up on him or or didn't have the faith yeah, in him. Yeah, I mean he might have a chip on his shoulder. Um but he just honestly needs to win this point for his own career. Uh he has uh, he has done so poorly as far as his record. I mean, I've seen coaches in larger cities in Cleveland get fired for a quarter of the failures that Hugh Jackson has done. Uh and that's not uncommon. Hugh Jackson, as you said, has the largest leash that I've ever seen, and I would absolutely agree with that. Um, Hugh Jackson needs to win this game <laughs> for his own livelihood, essentially, for his own employment. Because you can't, you can't excuse having a team the caliber that Hugh Jackson has at this point and losing a game like this. But you also, if you're John Gruden, you also can't excuse losing a game like this. This is, I think, a must-win team for both, or must-win game for both teams, and I think it's going to be an absolute dogfight. And I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, I think you're. I think you hit it on the head when you consider that that there may be some kind of motivation for beating your former ta- team, but more than anything, it's just about winning. Winning, no matter who you're playing, putting those wins on the board. Both these teams desperately need it. Um, both of them need it for their career goals. Hugh Jackson probably a little bit more at this point because uh, John Gruden's beginning his his uh, career as a return, and Hugh Jackson's trying to keep his job um, past this season. All right, well, I, I think we've uh, thoroughly covered the the Raiders' next matchup. Thanks again for listening. Uh, once again, I'm Levi Damian. This is Tyler Smith, and we will we will uh, we'll speak to you again after the Raiders face the Browns, hopefully with a little bit more pep in our step than we had the first three games of the season. See you from Silver and Black Pride Cat. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. 
Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.